media moment. covers your story, your story will be covered from the ground up. All right, welcome back for our new episode. Now, you know this next guest is somebody who's burning down the internet every day. We post her on Hollywood Unlock probably more than we post myself. She's a singer, actress, and she goes by the name of Chloe. Clap it up. Like two, two Bailey, well, three Baileys I like, you, your sister, and Baileys that I put in my coffee. But today when I was preparing for the show, you dropped Bailey, the name. Yeah, so like my Chloe musician name is like just Chloe. And actress Chloe is Chloe Bailey. Okay, so you're still Chloe Bailey, because I did go yeah. over to your Instagram and say, well, did she change that too? So you're, Chloe Bailey is the acting, Chloe is the... Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. yeah. Well, first of all, welcome to the show. I, uh, For those that don't know, you know, I get a lot of criticism for being critical of people, but I am a big supporter of yours. Every time I see you, whether we're in D.C. at the vice president's yeah. house or a Clive Davis party, Wakanda premiere, or just even in passing, yeah. you're consistently the same person. <laughs> so I want to say to your face and to the audience, like, but people, if they don't have the privilege of meeting you, you're such a nice, sweet person. Thank you. Where, the, where the hell does that come from? Because there has to be a day you wake up and you just want to burn the, the internet down. I, maybe it's because I'm from the South, born and raised. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's like the Southern hospitality thing. And I'm such a huge, firm believer. Like, I want to treat people the way I want to be treated. And what I put out, I'll get back. So, like, I'm like this to any and everybody. I never, like, switch up based off of who I'm around or which circles or which parties or rooms I'm in. I'm just me. Yeah. So, you know, this is our second interview. Do you remember the first? Like, very vaguely. Very vaguely. So, you were on Wild and Out. Yes. And I was on Wild and Out. I was that just was, 100 pounds I heavier. I remember. Yes. And then me and Nick Cannon were going to do uh, Wild and Out Unlocked, where I would interview some of the guests that come yeah. on. And you and your sister, I don't know how young we were at the time, but they go, they said, well, do you want to interview Chloe and Hallie? I said, of course. Mm -hmm. But the show was so, the conversation was so reckless that afterwards MTV was like, you're not putting that out. And I think it was because you were both young and I was so wild at the time. Where, what has been your growth since that period to where you are now? Because we've seen you evolve as a woman and as yeah. an artist and as an actress. But what does that evolution look like for you? The evolution, I feel like it's quite natural because my evolution for who I seem to be front facing, that's just how I am behind closed doors. So you know, like every 24 year old black woman, whatever she's going through, I'm going through the same things. So it's not, nothing's really different about it. And all of the things that I go through, instead of looking at anything as like a setback or a challenge, it's just to help me evolve into the person that I keep praying for myself to be, mm. you know? So life is hard, but you know, we gotta go through those moments to level up. So I remember meeting your mom uh, who was with you on set at, at Wild and Out. She yeah. was so sweet and she was very much <laughs> aware of who I was and who was in the room. Yeah. Is she still much involved with your career and what you're doing? Yeah, she's very much involved in my personal life, but not with the career and stuff. You know, yeah. I'm going to be 25 this year. I'm taking ownership and control of my business and, you know, my finances and things like that. So I'm definitely leveling up in that way for sure. So at the time that was, so when you when you first were introduced to us, not from YouTube, but as an artist signed at Parkwood, was that, that was around 2015? Yeah, like 2015 time, time flies. So that was eight years ago. So you were 16? Yeah. You guys 16, were kids. 17? Babies. Still kind of babies. Yeah. No, no. People, no, I mean, people look no, at us no, as babies. No, uh -uh, no. We're going to get to that. You know, this is the warm up. This the, the warm up. This is the prelude. You know, somebody, this is the prelude because 
We've seen you evolve as a woman. Yeah, yeah. And I think one of the things that people may have struggled with is when you see somebody grow up, you you have the image of them at one point. Where you're stuck there. And you're stuck there. Yeah. But the world, and they have moved on. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get them caught up because we love <laughs> Chloe. Uh, we love Chloe when she started. We love Chloe now. But Thank you. When, you were, when you were 16 and 15 and you all were coming out of the YouTube fame mm -hmm. and the YouTube sensation of catching all of our attention with the covers, the yeah. beautiful covers you were Thank doing. Thank you. What was the what was the experience going from sitting in your room with a guitar or <laughs> and singing to a camera to then being in front of people who are now like reacting in live and living color? Oh man, for Sis and I, when we were growing up in Atlanta, we would be in our church dresses singing at the clubs. We would bust out singing for producers outside of like the W Hotel in Atlanta, things like that. So we were constantly putting ourselves in situations that was definitely outside of our comfort zone. And I even remember when we would go to school, before we got home school, our friends would be like, oh, I saw you guys singing outside on the street. Cause you know, our parents would have us do that. So we wouldn't be scared. So really performing was really all that we knew. So when it finally got to be on the bigger stage, it just felt like home because we were constantly put in uncomfortable situations. So we could feel comfortable there. And so being on stage just feels like home. And I think that's why it's my favorite place to be. Well, how did you decide at the time what covers to do? Because there's a lot of us out there singing, uh, doing covers that we should probably just cover up the lens and not do them. But you all, <laughs> you all, I think selected the, I think the best songs that was it, was it what was timeless or of the time that you decided what songs would be. It was covered? whatever songs we loved in the moment. I remember everyone was telling us because at the time this was when Justin Bieber was popping off and mm -hmm. he got discovered on YouTube and. You know, when we perform at these venues in Atlanta, they were like, oh, do YouTube covers so people can see you outside of Atlanta. And we were like, you know, we never thought about it because that's like a one in a million chance. Yeah. And, you know, one day we both fell in love with Best Thing I Never Had. I found the piano instrumental on YouTube. Our older sister, Sky, helped us set up the camera. We burned the instrumental on a CD uh -huh. so we could play it on the stereo Those player. Those of you that don't know what a CD is, <laughs> you go Google that. And, you know, we just did what we had to do in the basement. And we were like, can we please post this? And we were able to post it. I remember it got posted on World Star, and that's how our views started going crazy off of that first video. And I think that was our first moment into seeing negative comments and things like that. But Hallie People were and I, negative? Oh, yeah, it's World Star. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's okay. When I post me on Hollywood Unlocked, they'd say crazy yeah. stuff to me. That's why I've learned the comment section. I let them have their own life. Yeah, yeah, but Sis and I, we were just so excited. People were like watching and even at the 10,000 view mark, we were like, oh my gosh. So we just kept going. We've always been such huge fans of B and Adele and Lady Gaga. Like we did so many covers of our favorite songs. So when, when you were going viral on YouTube and going viral online, were you all, did you all ever become obsessed with the numbers or did you just stay focused on the creativity? Because I see you and your sister as true artists. Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up in an era, I'm 45, so I grew up in an era where we had the Madonnas and the, you know, all those, super, everybody was a superstar yeah, and yeah. people were just talent, and it was based on talent, mm -hmm. it wasn't based on that downloads or this or that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You all are true artists and, mm -hmm. and truly talented. So you. did you ever become obsessed with the numbers? No, that was never a thing for us. What we were obsessed with was getting the Sonics right. I remember even like the Love on Top cover, we sang that like a hundred times mm -hmm. late at night just to get it right. That's what we obsessed over, like making sure our harmonies were tight and together and, you know, making sure we sounded good and hoping people thought we sounded good. That's what we obsessed over and wanted to make perfect. It was mm -hmm. never really about the numbers per se. And, you know, 
we we got a lot of traction with the views, but it wasn't like skyrocketing out of here. I think the first one that really, really did that was Pretty Hurts, mm-hmm. which, you know, where Beyonce and Parkwood mm-hmm. discovered us mm-hmm. from. Mm-hmm. So it was always about the artistry and the arrangements. <laughs> so are either of you ever pitchy where you look at her like, girl, if you don't get that cord up? <laughs> There's so many times where she'll look at me like, ooh, and I'll look at her like, and even on stage, that's what I love about us working together and like being best friends and honest with each other and also being able to create and sing together. Like, we'll be like, oh, you're a little flat. Be like, oh, okay, okay, let's get that together or like sound check or things like that. But, you know, even outside of music and singing in a career, you need people like that around you to let you know when, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe a little that up so then okay so you you're doing these covers you get discovered by the michael jackson this generation the biggest Mm -hmm. artist in the world which you know everybody says to me beyonce pays attention to social media (laughs) first let me ask you do you have beyonce snapchat (laughs) i'm never on snapchat i had to ask you i'm never on snapchat i've been trying to pay people for i've been looking for it no but you caught her attention somebody who you know, she doesn't really post captions. She just posts mm-hmm. photos and goes away and she does her own storytelling. But mm-hmm. she clearly is paying attention. And as somebody who is such an amazing artist and who's just, I think, revolutionizing music that we hear today, yeah. to, to discover real talent like both yeah. of you was great. What was that experience like when you get the call and you're told Beyonce wants to sign you and Parkwood wants to bring you on? Man, it was crazy. I, I'm a huge believer in like manifestation and like wishing and hoping for the best. And when she first announced Parkwood, because I was, I still am a part of the Beehive, I was like, sis, we're going to be the first artist she signs to Parkwood. Watch, watch. And and I, I even remember telling some of my friends that at school. So to know that it actually happened was pretty cool. And I remember we got the email and it was the Parkwood seal at the bottom of the email. And, you know, usually with things like that, you don't know if it's fake or if it's real. And I knew immediately. I just had all the hope in my heart. I was like, it's real. It is them. It's her. It's her. And sure enough, it was. So. And so the thing that I always um, compare when I meet you and your sister and then have met Beyonce several times is you all personally are who you see publicly. Like mm-hmm. you both are. I mean, all three of you are really nice, really grounded, no matter the success or what people are saying. Mm-hmm. Um, has part of your relationship with Parkwood and her been the mentorship on how to stay grounded and stay connected to who you are as an artist? Or is that something that you just developed on your own? Yeah, you know, I am so grateful for B because she has told us about her experiences and like what she's gone through in life. And, you know, based off of that, we are more mindful of our business and, you know, the creative side of things. And I'm just really happy that doing this and what we do has never changed Sister Eye's heart Mm -hmm. because this is just a job. Like, this is my job. This is your job. This is your job. I never think any of us should treat it as like something that gives us the right to feel as if we're superior to someone else. Mm You know, That's it's just amazing. a job. Yeah. Did you did you feel coming into that world? Because the conversation I always have with Kelly Rowland when I see her mm-hmm. is that Kelly Rowland her. is iconic on her own. Yes, she is. But oftentimes I'll see where people will try to pigeonhole her into let's have this whole Beyonce conversation when really I'm interviewing Chloe today. So my Beyonce conversation is literally about to be over because I feel like you've earned the, the, the stage to stand on your own. I feel like Kelly has done the same. Do you, did you, have you ever felt that the power of what you're a part of Mm -hmm. sometimes is challenging to get in front of because of how the world sees? Oh, no. Oh, no, never. I, I look at it as a, as a blessing. 
And the only challenge and pressure that I feel is the pressure I put on myself mm -hmm. to be something great and to be something special. So, no, never from that, to be honest. Okay, good. Yeah. All right, so now you and your sister, you launch your debut album 2015-2016. You have success as a duo. We, we loved you from YouTube. We're now following you on stages. <laughs> and then Chloe's coming out with her own thing. The first thing I thought when that happened, I was like, oh my God, they're breaking up. You know, because no, that's... No, no, I mean, I didn't know you then. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, because again, I, I'm part of the group sometimes where I'm just so used to seeing this, you know, as yeah. people were probably used to seeing Destiny's yeah. Child. But as we've seen with the evolution of women groups or mm -hmm. duos or whatever, each person has their own individual passion. Absolutely. What was that conversation like, knowing that you all were getting ready to branch out and do your own thing as people it who was, were like so connected? It was quite seamless, to be honest, and interesting at the same time, because it was around the time when Sis went to London to film Little Mermaid, my Ariel. I love that girl so much. And that was the longest time we were ever apart from each other. And for the first two months, I went out there with her and the fam. And then I came back home to L.A. and the pandemic happened. So then the entire family was back in L.A. And that's when we finally were able to promote Ungodly Hour because we had that album done and the video shot for a whole year. It was just sitting. So in a way, like it was a blessing in disguise, that pandemic, because we were able to put out Ungodly Hour and mm -hmm. promote it with the tennis court. Right. And so it means so much to us when people say our performances in that album definitely got them through the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So that was really exciting. So after that, that's when she went back to London and I started shooting Grownish. And because of all the COVID rules, she couldn't travel back to the States. I couldn't travel out there. So it was like a period of eight months where we were apart from each other. So it was like the world was just... The it was like our worlds were like erupting. Yeah. Like as we know it. Yeah. And I even... It's breaking my heart. I even remember the car ride that she was about to go on to go back to London next. Like we were boohoo crying, sobbing in each other's arms for like 30 minutes. So much so she was almost late to her flight. Was it the separation anxiety? Was yes. It, yeah. Yes, because... We were almost, even though we're not twins, we were almost brought up as right, if we right, were right. twins. Like we did everything together. And even when we were taken out of school and got homeschooled around like, for me, it was seventh grade. For sis, it was fifth grade. We were all that we had. You know, we worked together. We played together. And we were like this. And we still are. So that was the first time where we had to go okay, who am I without Hallie and who am I without Chloe? So that was really scary for us, to be honest with you. Where'd you find the courage? Or where did you find the, the strength that it's going to be all right? Go, through the music. Uh -huh. Through the music. You know, on the days when I felt like I just needed my sister with me, that's when I would bury myself, you know, in my bedroom with my studio equipment. I'd just make beats and record songs. Like, that's how I was getting through it. Mm. After I'd go back home from finishing Grownish in the day I was like okay I still feel like a void is something's there like empty so I'd go home and just create and it just continued to rack 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 on top of each other and I was like you know what maybe I should do something with this instead of just letting it sit on my hard drive or computer and because it was such a transitional period for me the messaging and stuff because I thought like oh maybe I could use this for the next group album but it was so personal and vulnerable I was like well maybe let me do something with this and that's how that came about. And then God did what he needed to do, and then y'all were both fine. Yes, exactly. So I saw your um, Architectural Digest video. Mm -hmm. Is that the apartment here in L.A.? Yeah, yes, okay. it is, yeah. So you let people just come in your house? That's a very personal space to let people in. Uh -huh. What was that like? 
It was fun. Yeah. I felt like I was on MTV Cribs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it didn't look, you know, the MTV Cribs we saw, it was like the homies in the background. It was very well put yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It that, was great. I loved it. It was easy. Like, there wasn't too many people in there. I was happy. I was like, welcome to my home, my sanctuary. <laughs> take your shoes off at the door. <laughs> come on in. Welcome. Did you see the sign at the door here? <laughs> yes, I did. I was about to take my heels off. And then when someone <laughs> opened the door, I saw they had shoes on. I was like, okay, it's just for the aesthetic. Yeah, no, we have a, we have a sign at the door that says, bitch, don't wear no shoes in the house. We'll get you. We should have get. We should. We'll, you should get me one. We'll, we'll, what? We'll send you one. Okay. Um, but you don't seem like the type of person that walks around cussing. Like, you seem. Oh, okay. I cuss. You cuss? That, you know what makes me laugh what? when <laughs> there's like the viral clips of me cussing and everybody's like, oh, she sounds like she just learned how to cuss yesterday. Oh, wait, you do cuss because you did cuss. We'll get to that later. You do cuss. All right. I'm a very sweet, soft-spoken, kind person and I cuss. But you yes. said from the South. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Atlanta is Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So you leave there to come to this wild zoo. Mm -hmm. But I never see you outside. You like L.A.? I love LA. I think because I have my own little bubble mm -hmm. and my own little support system that I stay in. And, you know, some people are like, oh, I don't like LA because people are fake or whatnot. But you can find that anywhere. Mm, true. You know, I, I just feel like you make something feel like yeah. home. You create your world. Exactly. And so, yeah. so who are your friends? Do you have regular LA friends or do you have like these celebrity friends where y'all yeah. get together and look at Hollywood Unlocked and judge everybody like yeah what? so I stay to myself for the most part but like my my friend support group is like sis my brothers my sisters my godmom and my friend Ryan Destiny I love her to love death Ryan. like she's just such a genuine spirit and like she's like genuinely one of my good friends mm -hmm. that I have who's like in the business so it's cool that I have a family who I work with you know like all the people that I'm together with, I feel comfortable in that way to be myself. So I'm like, as long as I'm around a few little people who make me comfortable, that's all I need. But are you an introvert? Because Cardi B's been mm -hmm. on the show. People see her on social media and think that that's her in real life. Yeah. She's an intro extreme introvert, yeah. does not like to go out in public if she don't have to, doesn't like, she doesn't do all that. Is, yeah. that, is that you? That's me. It's like, what do you call it? Is it introvert, extrovert? It's yes. like, I'm, when you see me, I'm very bubbly and like, oh my gosh, yeah. you're my friend. But when this camera goes away, you just... I just like go in my little bubble. Yeah. I don't know if I go into my cancer shell. I don't know what it is, but you know, yeah. But why is that? Because is that trust? Is it protection? Is it both? Mm. Or is it just peace? I think it's just peace. Like, mm -hmm. even with parties, I was joking about this the other day, like... If it's a party for me, I get uncomfortable. Mm. But if it's like a party for something else, as long as I can hide and go to the dance floor, yeah. I'm good. Like, I don't drink that much. I've never smoked or anything. So I'm just like, I kind of find the joy and excitement through here. Mm. It's easy for me to be happy and have fun. Okay, so you're on this tour. You, you've been on a press tour. I told Yvette, shout out to Yvette Noshore, who is <laughs> everything in the world. She's um, such a, I love her Instagram yeah. where she's dancing in the water at Samaya. <laughs> Um, and Yvette is an OG. For those of you that don't know, she's an OG that's been in the game and holding down, you know, being everybody at Parkwood for years. Mm -hmm. um, you've been on a press tour. You have done so much press yeah. recently. But what I love and what I want to acknowledge is just how black and intentional you are in supporting black media. Because, Thank you. you know, it's um, there's a thing happening that people may not see outside of the, the blogosphere where some people strive for white fame and forget mm. that it's important to grab the culture. Mm -hmm. um, but I've been seeing you do interviews and um, you check my boy DJ Envy in such the nicest way, asking him <laughs> if he 
heard your album, which we're going to talk about. Um, was that intent? Was that that nice, slick, sweet shade, or was that like intentionally like, nigga, I'm about to get you together? And we love you, Envy. It right? was. <laughs> it was like my nice kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So if, for people who watch the actual like whole interview, because mm-hmm. Charlamagne's my actual cousin. Really? Yes, and <laughs> like blood. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So Charlemagne set Envy up. That's crazy. So the thing, but the thing is, he kept coming for Charlemagne about like, oh, you didn't post her album, you didn't post her album. And I'm looking at him like, well, did you? Did you like the album? What's your favorite song? <laughs> yeah. Like, if we're gonna check people, let's check everybody in the room. I live for that shape. You know what? Wait, did Envy know you were Charlemagne's cousin? Yeah. Oh, he did. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Cause that would have been like the setup that you didn't see coming. Like, here you come thinking you're trying to set up an artist and his cut your co- your cousin and your cousin i love it but i even love how classy that was thank you know you, and um you. but i want to be clear i had already downloaded the album i already played the Period. album i made sure we were playing it when y'all came in here because i want to be very clear no shade to you envy do your research um but no i i love just um and even how you open the album with that's an intro is it an intro or interlude yes yeah, so it's an intro and it's actually a louis armstrong sample of the swamp song so she said sonics y'all have forgot yeah yeah so <laughs> my grandfather when i was growing up and you know anytime i visit him at their house in south carolina he'd sing chloe chloe because he's a huge jazz head mm-hmm. huge and ever since i was a little girl i think eight i was like okay one day i'm gonna i'm gonna put that a part of the project that i'm doing like for me when i was a little girl i always knew music would it would be what I do. I just never knew how I'd get there. Mm. So to now be able to fast forward years and years later to make that an actual reality was pretty cool. And I was so happy that, you know, his estate approved the sample and cleared it. And I was like, yes, my dreams are coming true. And I even teased it a little bit in my first VMAs performance because it's almost like a like a me coming into my own, like a little warning, mm-hmm. like, you know, those little siren calls mm-hmm, with, mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you so because back in back in my day, this is you know, you go through a point in life where older people tell you things and you're like, back in your day, we don't know about that. And so now that I'm getting older and I talk to people like you're like, back in my day. Back in my day. This is why I show my age. We had interludes and intros. Like some of Faith Evans, who's one of my favorite artists, some of her best songs to me were interludes that never played out in the full songs. Mm -hmm. So was the and and I think even with um you know, groups like 112 and that had that back in the day. I don't know. A lot of albums don't really have them anymore. What mm-hmm. what what was your creative process in making sure you had something like that? And yeah. then would we ever hear a full song from an intro or yeah. an interlude from you? Yeah, well, it is being done a lot. I think it's just the the music where it's being done a lot in, it gets overlooked. But, you know, Kendrick does it effortlessly, SZA and Solange, like that's art. Those are like conceptual albums. And I've always wanted my first project to be that. So there were so many songs where I had nothing left to say on it. And it just felt like that's what it's supposed to be. And for me, sonically, I love to like, I, it's the music head in me. I love to like transition each key from one song to the other so it's not sonically jarring and you know with the BPM switch and things like that that's my favorite thing to nerd out on. Mm. So I was really happy that I was able to do that. So I think I have like three or four interludes in there and you know one of my other favorite ones is Fallen for You. So that was actually a really funny story. Uh, we were in the car in Atlanta. It was me, my godma, my stylist and the driver. And, you know, he was opening up, God bless his soul, thank you so much for that moment. Um, He was opening up about his personal life and, you know, things like that. So it got into a back and forth of 
with him and my godmom about like double standards and, you know, female and male and things like that. And I pulled out my phone so I could send it in the group chat <laughs> with Hallie Branson Joe. And it was like a 10 minute conversation. So when I worked with The Dream, I think like a couple days after that, I played it for him because we were just laughing at it. And he's like, yo, if you don't make that into an interlude, I'm gonna steal it from you. I said, okay. And when I sent it to Hallie, she said the same thing. I was like, God, is that a sign? Are you trying to tell me something? So there was an, inter an interlude I didn't finish yet. And what I loved about it, about putting it on this song, Fallen For You in particular, is the juxtaposition of it. Like, I think all of us, when we're in love, we fall head over heels. We tend to lose ourselves in that love. And, you know, the moment you hear, fuck that shit, I'm not laying down and sucking and all this shit. Because it's like, yes, I love you and I'm in love with you, but I'm not going to lose myself. In just you. because, yeah, just because that's what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And if I choose to cook your meals, if I choose to do this because I want to, it's my choice, not because you're telling me to. Are you cooking meals? You cooking meals for your boyfriends? I don't have a boyfriend. Well, when you've had a man, do you cook for you? Have you cooked for them? Is it that like wifey status? Well, no, I'm gay. I barely cook for myself as is, so really? I'm capping a little bit. I'll you know, just take out. Okay, so I was looking at your checklist. The thing, okay, so when you're an introvert who's private, who prides themselves on not talking a lot about their personal business. Yes. On behalf of everybody who's black that does what we do, because it is a grind beyond a grind that I think artists understand. Yeah. And Queen Latifah, who I've known for 30 years, who I know you know, mm -hmm. um, she told me when I first started Hollywood Unlocked, she said, get the black audience, get the culture, mm -hmm. and then take them on a journey with you because mm -hmm. you want to have them uh, with you as you grow. And so when I look at new artists and I look at how the industry is structured, I think there's a lot of people who are striving for validation. Mm. But I think as an artist, like, I could tell you already feel validated with your talent. And so you're allowing us sometimes, to be a part of that. Sometimes. We're human. You know? Really? Yeah, sometimes. So when are you not, when are you insecure about your mm. artistry? or Anytime I'm on the stage is when I'm not feeling insecure about my artistry. That's when I'm like, okay. This is why I'm here. This really? is why God has me here. Yeah, yeah. Wait, you the same person that was in Swarm. Um, <laughs> I already know what you're about to say. You can just go on and say it. <laughs> Chloe, I didn't have your phone number, but I was going to text you or DM you. I was, there was a lot of activity going on. This is the Chloe that we've seen grow up through YouTube, who is a whole ass woman, who I saw at the vice president's house, buttoned up next to the VP, Kamala Hay. Um, yeah, there was yeah. a lot going on in that first scene. Oh, well, I love that show. Yeah. <laughs> because it's unpredictable. It, it and so who very have, much. Who would have ever predicted that's how it would start? Not me. So there, boom, we got him. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> the you know, it's, it's interesting that as performers, you all will find the courage and the, you'll find the moment. Like mm -hmm. if, you know, when you, because nobody would look at that scene and think that you were not, Busting it open like that. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. When you got the <laughs> script and you saw that, okay, this character is going to have to... If you haven't seen Swarm, you have to go over there. Shout out to our friends at Amazon who popped up over here and tried me with the whole Swarm box. But you have to go check the, the, <laughs> the movie out. Uh, series. It's a series. Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. series out. Um, be, series. Because it is very unpredictable, starting with the opening episode. So you're in there and you're... For those who may not have watched, your character, can you explain and then we'll get into it? Yeah, so in Swarm, I play a girl named Marissa. I'm the sister of this girl named Dre, who has a huge obsession with a pop star. And, you know, we're growing up in Houston and we're finding our way. 
So I don't want to spoil anything, but you okay. know, I'm so happy I got to work with Donald Glover and Janine Neighbors, and Malia Obama was a writer on the show. And oh, wow. like to have Dom as my scene partner, it made me fall more in love with acting. And when I first read the script, so when I first got introduced to this, I they told me to watch The Piano Teacher and Brush Up on Atlanta, which mm. I've always been such a huge fan mm. of. So that part was easy. I didn't know what to expect with The Piano Teacher. It's this beautiful French film. So I thought in the beginning and then it went. Right. And it's now one of my favorite films. And I loved how jarring and like crazy and mm -hmm. like unpredictable it was. So I was like, OK, what is this show going to be about? So I got the first script. And when I finished reading it, I broke down crying mm -hmm. because Marissa, I feel, represents a lot of people who on the outside seem like a huge ball of sunshine. Mm -hmm. And on the inside, they are dying. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I guess it's a little spoiler, but after she commits suicide in the first episode, that's when her sister's world kind of turns upside down. Mm -hmm. So that was really what drew me to that, to be able to portray that. And it was funny. I was like, oh, yeah, I do have to do a sex scene. But the focus in that scene is to highlight the oddness and the obsession that Dre has with her sister, Marissa, mm -hmm. as she's watching her and her boyfriend, Khalid, who's played by Damson, and what they're doing. And, you know, it was given very much Selena's president of her fan base to end mm. up hurting her. I mean, the obsession <laughs> was kind of weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but that's what I really love about that show. It's unpredictable. It's a psychological thriller. You never see a black woman take command of a role like that as much as Dominique did. So I was incredibly proud of her. And to be honest, I don't know why I was, I mean, I wasn't shocked, but I was shocked at the response and how viral that clip went. Because this is the Chloe that we're looking at right now, all buttoned up, sexy for sure, but very poised and talking about Sonics and this and that. And the Sonic boom that I was watching on that movie, <laughs> that 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 docu that that piece of work was a lot. And I was like, but if you think about it, you only really see the side of my hip and like the. Chloe, you gotta ask. We're not gonna ask. Chloe, you gotta ask. That Chloe. everybody has seen. Yeah. So I really didn't get like yeah. what the big deal was because like maybe it was the moaning, but people say I do that when I sing. So I think it's the same thing that when when Beyonce came out with Who Runs the World. I remember calling Kim Burr saying, "Oh my God, this is trash. I hate. I can't, I hate this." And she I said, "I love that song." No, no, no. She said, "The problem with you all, you fans, you fans who say you love artists, you don't let them evolve." You mm. have to uh, let them evolve. You're going to love this song. And then here my gas was somewhere <laughs> doing the whole, you know, who runs the world, you know? So I, I, it, that was a moment yeah, for me yeah, as yeah, yeah. a consumer of art to say, I got to check myself mm -hmm. and check my audience when you don't allow people to evolve. Because just because they're not fitting in what you've mm -hmm. seen or what you expected them, mm -hmm. they're artists. You Very have to true. fall in love with the Very art. Very true. And yeah. that's one of the reasons why, like, with music, it's just Chloe and with acting, it's Chloe Bailey. So when people see me on that screen, I wasn't Chloe. I was Marissa. Yeah. And what I really love about acting is that I can be completely imperfect because that's the realness and the rawness that you need when it comes to acting. Mm -hmm. So even barely having any makeup on, having my short locks and things like that, I wasn't Chloe in that moment. And I think people like to pigeonhole me sometimes, which is fine. And that makes it even more fun to break outside of the box. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to give you a, a gift now. I'm going to give you one of the gifts. Gift. We give our guests gifts. And I'm going to tell you, not only is this a gift that no other female has received on this show, <laughs> only the men have received this gift. Oh. But I feel like 
You deserve this gift. Now, I'm going to tell you, it's, um, where's it over here? Okay. Oh. So on this show, as you know, if you've been watching, we've given this gift away uh, to a few men that have deserved it. You Typically, when a man's penis gets released on the internet, we give him what's called the Mandingo Hall of Fame Award. But so what is this for me? Big Dick Energy. Oh, period. We're going to give oh, you I'm the Mandingo. Oh, I'm putting that on my tooting. Oh, I'm putting it on my speaker. You're the first to get it. This is we'll, we'll, oh that, we're gonna put gosh. your name on it and everything. Oh like, my yes. gosh! Um, because wow, when people tried you over the album, wow, which, thank you. Which, by the way, is a thank phenomenal you. album. I want to go back to In Pieces, which is my favorite song on the album. But I want to say when people tried you, and this is when Marissa came out. She went to the internet and told. Uh, she went to a performance that's been selling out all over the country and told you exactly what the fuck she felt. Now, I'm not going to use too many curse words because I'm not drinking anything from our friends at Daily on today. But what I will say is I was so living for you being transparent about how you felt in that moment. You know, I don't know where that came from, <laughs> to be honest. It came from the gut. I was. This was the first uh, show of the tour. Mm -hmm. And like I was honestly shocked and surprised how every show's been sold out and even at the beginning of the show i was like is anybody there like is it and it's packed yeah. so i finished the show and <laughs> i walk off stage and so this was before i realized like maybe i should do an encore because i didn't know who would come i didn't you know mm -hmm. so i walk back out there and i thank everyone who's there and i'm like you know what stream the album go support it and in that moment i was like I really don't give two craps about what anybody has to say because you all are here right in front of me. Yeah. And if anything, like the numbers don't reflect what I'm seeing every night. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you can kiss my booty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she didn't use none of those words. You can go back and look, it's online. But I, I live for you in that moment because um, I think we are consumed with TikToks. I think we're consumed with this download, this, that, whatever. And that's what, that's for me uh -huh. what's killing the art. You know, uh -huh. again, back in my day, uh, we, you know, to get a record, you'd have to go to a Tower Records, stand in line. You'd have to, you know, to see your favorite artist, you'd yeah. have to go to a show. Yeah. So the there was more responsibility of the consumer's participation in mm -hmm. an artist's career. Mm -hmm. Now I think it's just, it's all over the place. This is what I'll say. I, I'm in this for the long haul, God willing. And in the beginning, like, of course, seeing what people would say, I'm like, what? Like, I was looking at myself like, okay, so is that true? But it's not. Mm -hmm. And it only gives me the fuel to go harder. It only gives me the fuel to go harder at these shows that are selling out. And I hope everyone buckles up their seatbelts because it's just the beginning. Mm -hmm. And instead of letting those things break me down, which I almost let it did, I'm like, no. I, this just proves to me that I have everything and I have what it takes. Mm -hmm. Because if you look back, you know, with all of the greats, nobody accepted them when they first came out. Mm -hmm. Everyone had shit to say. Mm -hmm. Every single one. Every single one. And now they love them. So mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what, God, if this is a sign that I'm on the right path, I'm just going to trust you and keep going. Mm -hmm. So it took me a little bit to get there, you know, but it was definitely who I have around me and the people at the shows every night. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't really give two craps about numbers. Mm -hmm. Did you um, did you feel bad about how Beyonce got attacked? Yes, mm -hmm. I like she's one of the most incredible human beings. I never want her to be attacked, and then attacked on anything you know with me involved, of mm -hmm. course. So 
yeah, that's never fun. Mm. Yeah. I love what you've done, what you're doing and what you stand for. Um, and I love how you handled it. You know, most people, most people's teams will say, don't say nothing. Just keep going. I have friends who've gone through storms and their team is like, don't say nothing, don't say nothing. Yeah. But I really feel like that's the transparency that lets us remind ourselves that you're human. I'm definitely human. I can't talk about and preach and say, oh, I made an album about being so transparent and, you know, being insecure and vulnerabilities and talking about my mental health journey and things like that. And I'm not being transparent in every other way. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not a fake person. Mm -hmm. I'm genuine. I'm kind. Sometimes people think I'm fake because I'm so nice, but I'm not. So how can I, you know, talk to people who come to my shows and say, oh yeah, you know, ignore the haters, let the work speak for itself and speak up and fight for yourself. And, and if I don't do that, then I'm contradicting everything that I stand for. Mm -hmm. So I was contradicting everything that I stood for in the beginning when I was letting it get me down. Like, I'm not going to lie, I was crying. Like, what? I was questioning, like, my musical abilities. I'm a very really? intelligent person. I produce, I write, I engineer, all of that. I know my stuff. So I think already as creatives, we already doubt ourselves. But when the world and, you know, numbers and things tell us that, oh, maybe you're not great, you start to believe it too. Mm. But it's like, no, it's it's just another stepping stone. And I'll look back at this one day and laugh when I have like millions and millions of records sold and Grammys and my EGOT, God willing. Oh, Jesus, I mean, you please. already got the. Uh, yeah, yes. you, we can clap it up for that. I got this. Listen, you. I'm going to put this next what, to my EMA. What, you, yeah, you, do, you do have to give it a, <laughs> an acceptance speech. You're the. OK. Yeah, please. First and foremost. And I don't play about God, but God, I have to thank you for just giving me the courage in this body and this voice and this spirit. Second of all, I would like to thank my godmom, my badass sister, Hallie, who's an Aries, who teaches me to tap into that as well. And my siblings, I love you. I would have to give a shout out to all of the haters. You can kiss my booty and you can suck on this. Yes. <laughs> and I hope it tastes great. Thank you for thanking God. He actually gave me the vision. Uh, for the Mandingo Hall of Fame, where God works in mysterious ways, y'all know that. <laughs> All right, so um, you go on, uh, you go on. So talking about Black Press, yeah. Black Press, you did Lotto show. Yes, Lotto's been here on the show. Hey, Lotto, you know I love you. I, know I you. love her. I love her. I do, but I also am very critical of celebrities who have talk shows because you know some people just this is what we do. I ain't gonna get on stage and sing and twerk. That's not my thing. I do this. Uh, when she asked you about Quavo, mm -hmm. I had already seen the movie trailer of mm -hmm. the movie that you all did together. Mm -hmm. uh, and I own a company where we talk about who's dating who and who ain't dating who. Yeah, and we yeah, had yeah. never talked about you guys dating. or I ain't even heard no rumor of that. Yeah. The reaction you gave was so much grace. Didn't you want to say, what about you and 21 Savage? <laughs> well, that's not my business. But your bit that you and Quavo wasn't hers. But she's my girl. Your girl... Your girl is not supposed to set you. didn't feel set up? No. Oh, you're so nice. See, this is why everybody loves you and everybody hates you. You know why I didn't feel set up? Because it's it's about, like, my answers. Yeah. You choose how you react to things. That's yeah. anything in life. Yeah, no. God, you're so good. Who taught? Did Yvette do this? Did Yvette teach you how to talk to people? Because that was a great PR. <laughs> you know, that's what cracks me up. Anytime, like... I'll briefly see some comments or things like, oh, wow, her media training is A1. I'm like, no, I'm just a good person. Mm. God. So when she said dreadlocks, because you have beautiful locks. No, mm -hmm. she said dreads, and you said locks. Uh -huh. And you said locks in multiple interviews. Uh -huh. What's, for me who don't know about dreads, what's the difference? I think that is like, it's just 
because growing up in Atlanta, when people say dreads, it always be like locks, locks. Yeah. So it's there's always power in like what you speak about things, and yeah. you don't want anything to be dreadful. Got it. So locks, it's just like a more positive way of saying it. It, it wasn't to correct or anything. It's just like another name for it. No, I was just more from an educational standpoint. Yeah. So yeah. now you have locks. Yes, I do. And as a black woman, I know black women's hair is always a conversation. How mm -hmm. important and intentional are you in how you do your hair with the locks or how you've worn it? I could give a really great political, sophisticated answer. I just want to look pretty yeah. <laughs> and I want to try new things. Yeah. And I've had my locks since I was three years old and I'm going to be 25 in two months. So I, I just want to have fun. Mm. Whether you want to wear it natural, whether you want to have the bust down, that's fun too. Mm. Realizing I can do that with my locks. It's pretty fun. Mm. You know, so. it's your hair, your choice. Yeah. So speaking of bust down, I forgot, was Lori Harvey on set when y'all were doing that scene or did you text her to say, girl, your man just, just did this, did some shit over here. <laughs> Hey, Lori. We had a bouncy ball in between us. Really? Yes, and we both had, I had panties on and a bra. And he had stuff on himself That's as well. That's not fun. That, okay, but. And it's our, it's acting, it's our job. So shout right. out to Damson, shout out to Lori. She's a yeah. badass. I told, um, I saw Lori, <laughs> I think I had too many drinks. My, my best moments in life is when I've had too much drink. I saw her at the Super Bowl and I was talking <laughs> to Serena Williams about something really inspiring, but mm -hmm. then turned around and Lori was sitting there and I turned around and said, Keep doing these niggas the way they do you. I love you. I love Lori's movement because she really is. We had Young Miami here last week. and Love her too, yeah, man. Yeah, I said to her, Lori is a city girl. Like, I love when women can stand on their own two feet and do what men mm -hmm. do. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, for sure. All power to us. So do you ever think about when can women start judging whether or not men should have bisectomies the way they try to control the reproductive system of women? Mm. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts about that. <laughs> but you know what? I just feel like if you are not a woman, you can't decide what we do with our body. I agree. You know? I agree. Because we're not deciding what you do with your stuff, you know? It's almost um, inhumane to think that we're even in a world where men have an opinion about what a woman can do with their body. We have so much more to focus on. Right. Like... Indian homelessness. World hunger, yeah. homelessness. Mental health. Yeah. yeah, mental health, climate change, things like that. But instead we're wasting it focusing on something that mm -hmm. doesn't belong to us. Mm -hmm. So do you want to have kids one day? Absolutely. Like one, two, or six or seven or? I want to have like two or three, not for 10 years, not for another 10 okay. years. <laughs> I have like a long way to go in my career and things I want to accomplish. Yeah, well Nick Cannon was here last week too. Uh, <laughs> Just stay away from Nick, okay? I feel like everybody Nick is around is getting pregnant. I don't know, I love you, Nick, but you wilding out, shit. All right. I can't with you. <laughs> I love in pieces. Thank you. Um, by the way, we're gonna get back to you being a cancer because y'all are so damn emotional. I don't oh, know, very. Right? I cry at least one time a day. Really? About mm -hmm. what? I could be happy, I could be sad, I could have- You, you just know. be in pieces. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, when I was listening to that song, I really fell in love with not just the melody, the, the just um, how you um, poured into it. Mm -hmm. Why did you put it at the end? Like you killed us at the end. The pieces final, like the title track? Yeah. Because, just wanted to. And I think conceptually and lyrically as well, that was when I accepted that, yes, I am in pieces. I am 
flawed, but I know because I have you next to me who accepts me in whichever way I come, I'm okay with that. Mm. Because I think from the whole album, if you listen to the transition of it, it's like a push and pull. Like we're constantly trying to put the blame on others as to why we feel this way. Mm. And, you know, from pray it away, I'm gonna pray this negativity, this nigga away, mm. right? All this stuff and, you know, being toxic and things like that. And I think as it goes from lose you, you know, like, I don't want to lose you. I love you so much, but I'm going to have to lose you to save myself when it goes from that to make it look easy. Like, yes, I'm going through a lot of shit. Yes, I don't find myself attractive some days. Yes, I, I cr- I'm breaking down on the floor crying before you see me looking presentable, hair done, makeup done and everything. I make it look easy. When it goes from that transitional period through the album, it's like, yeah, I'm left in pieces. And what about it? I know I have you. I know I have people around me who love me for it and love what I have to bring and offer. So this is me. So when I look at these track, the track list, mm-hmm. um, Worried, Falling For You, um, Lose You, mm-hmm. were those inspired by, who were those inspired by? Okay. Because I'm trying to find out where Gunna is in this album. <laughs> Let's see, Lose You, you, you almost lost him. Um, <laughs> falling For you, 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 they say you fail. Uh, pray it away. He got out. Uh, he made it look easy. Um, told you. I mean, wh- is Gunna in this album anywhere? No. He's not. Oh, okay. He had locks too. I love Chloe. So, um, why are you so private? Why am I so private? About your dating life. Because, you know, we... We want to be in it. We well, want to be a part of it. Well, when I feel like I find that person. That deserves it. Exactly. That you cook for. You said Yes. You... Yes. Okay. Yes. Take some classes. <laughs> she just told us that she didn't cook for Gunna. Okay. Um, you know, I follow 211 people on Instagram. One of my friends... Um, is a soccer player who you went to go see. Y'all were at a soccer game. You took this beautiful picture, Memphis Depay, put it up there. <laughs> I love you, Memphis. You know that. Um, why did, why, what was, you guys are friends or? Yeah, we're friends. Okay. Yeah. Why couldn't, he you didn't begin- have locks. He didn't have locks. Uh-uh. Mm, he no. ain't gonna grow them either. I don't think so. But he's fine as hell. Mm-hmm. He's very attractive. This is why I hate y'all. Y'all be having options that I would take down in a minute and I can't get them and then y'all won't take them. Okay, fine. <laughs> I love you, man. You be good. You be like. I love you too. You did a song with Future called Cheat Back, and we all know he, you know, he's he's he has locks. And he has a lot of kids and he's been out there, whatever. (laughs) What was that collaboration like? And when you when you named the song Cheat Back, did you did you know what you was doing or was that a collaborative thing? Okay, so this is what happened. So I it was around the time when I got COVID. And it was, I was getting out of a relationship because I found out he wasn't really being faithful. So, you know, when Who you're, was that with? you're in, you know, when you're in isolation, your you mind. You was in COVID with somebody? Mm-mm. Wait, you were in. I had, I got COVID. You caught COVID, but were you in, when we were, because you know, when we were all, uh, what is it called when we were in COVID? And we, quarantining. When we were quarantined. Uh-huh. Did you have a quarantine in bed, quarantine bay, like quarantine and uh, I chill? wish. No? I had my family and oh. my dog. Okay. So you were getting out this relationship mm-hmm. with whoever we don't know or may mm-hmm. know. And then... And I got sent this song. Shout out to Tehran, who I wrote Have Mercy and Told You With. Okay. And it was the guitar and the 
two verses and the hook. And I said, oh my goodness, this is what I'm feeling right now. I opened up my equipment, COVID and all, and I started singing. And I wrote the bridge because I was speaking from my heart because it was what I was going through. And I was like, yeah, mm. this feels good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I love Chloe. <laughs> this is just you and me talking. Yeah. Um, you have a song called You and Me. Um, <laughs> what? I'm doing my job. She got us. I'm promoting music. Parkwood, I'm promoting the albums, the music, the streams. I'm just, I, I said, that this is you and me. Just you and me, boo. Um, you like basketball? I do like basketball. Okay, because no, that's where you and Gunna was, when y'all were first at that Lana That Hoxie. was when we first met. Right. Before the studio. Right, and then you, <laughs> mm -hmm. and then you created you and me. That song everybody loved. Mm -hmm. What is your creative process when you're working with rappers? Because not every R&B artist, can, I mean, everybody wants to have mm -hmm. that hip hop R&B thing. Yeah. But it takes a certain level of balance to make it actually work. Well, honestly, they're like the rap artists today, like Future, like Gunna, like their I mean, sense they're, they're, of melody. They're great. they're great though. Their sense of melody yeah. is quite impeccable, to mm -hmm. be honest with you. So, you know, when I was played the album, he was like, oh, you want to hop on this one? I was like, sure. I just sang what he had. And that was it. Mm. Yeah, it took me like 10 minutes. Do you hate that as a female who works in an industry where you're collaborating with men? Because I've often interviewed several women who, if you just take a picture with a man, you're automatically with them. Mm -hmm. Do you hate that? I do. Mm -hmm. I think that's what makes dating so hard for me. Because instead of me like just wanting to like you know, test the waters and see my options and things like that. Whoever I would even be around, even for a little bit, they'll like put me together with that person. So mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, maybe I'll just stay to myself. Because mm. I don't ever want to have like, I get around or anything like that. That's the sad thing that us as women have to even think about. But it but, shouldn't even be an issue. Yeah. Because I feel like sometimes hoe is life. I've told people I've had my phases just lasted 45 years, but I feel like, <laughs> but nobody's talking about it because yeah. I'm a man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But a woman, if she has three boyfriends, exactly. she's a hoe, and just which because, is crazy. Just because I'm very open like with my body and things like that, that doesn't make me promiscuous mm -hmm. you know but so and what if you are it's your body your choice that's what i'm saying but that's why i just stay to myself because mm -hmm. i the internet already talks a lot about me i don't want to give them anything else to try to you know to diminish my character with mm -hmm. you know so does your reputation matter to you because mine mm -hmm. doesn't my character matters to me mm -hmm. and how people treat me how people think i'm a good person matters to me my reputation uh if you think about it, reputation is really like everyone's opinions it's subjective. about you. Yeah, right, exactly. It's not really you. Right. It's just like the bubble around you. Mm -hmm. So I just, that's why I'm just, I just want to be a good person. Mm. And so you talk about mental health and we were talking early on about I'm in therapy. You mentioned you're in mm -hmm, therapy. Mm -hmm. Does that help you deal with this? Not Absolutely. just the craziness, the industry, social media and all that? Absolutely. And I'm so happy that I have like, loved ones around me and you know my therapist and I wish everyone had a therapist to be honest and you know we were talking a little bit about this before we started what kind of makes me sad is you know you and I we can afford it but you know therapy fees and you know things like that it could be like a lot and really expensive so people who are out there who don't have the financial ability to pay for things like that it makes me sad so I'm always thinking like okay what can I do like I might want to do a foundation one day with that or things you know Mm. Who knows? But it's definitely important for us to have an outlet so we feel less alone. Mm. And it's sad that because of 
society and, you know, finances and things like that, that not everybody has access to it. And I feel like with generational racism, trauma, just the world, I mean, I remember going mm -hmm. through COVID. I caught COVID twice, but just the isolation of it itself was so mm -hmm. imprisoning that You're I- You're left I, alone with your thoughts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you are on a busy schedule and your body stops, but your mind is still going, like you're like, it was yeah. a lot. Yeah. So I sure. feel like there should have been some kind of trauma, mental health, something available to people mm -hmm. after coming out of that. Mm -hmm. For sure. Okay, so recently your sister joined you on stage at a show on yes. your reunited. How was that? It was amazing. Even when we did soundcheck, it felt so damn good. Mm -hmm. I just, I love her and to hear our harmonies together again. And, you know, it was great. I can't wait to do it some more. She became the first black uh, Little Mermaid, uh, which made sense because she can actually sing and she's sweet and she's beautiful. Yeah. And it was such a, a big thing, not just for her, but for other little black girls mm -hmm. to see their, their potential, right? Yeah. And then she called that backlash. And, you know, folks that don't look like us weren't, ha weren't mm -hmm. happy. And you had to support her through that. What was that experience like? And did you want to burn the internet down and say, go fuck yourself? There's no need to do that when I know the power that my sister's voice has mm -hmm. and her light has. And I'm like, you all will eat your words when you see her in that film. Mm -hmm. So I have to do nothing. Mm -hmm. You just wait. And there's power in that. Have you seen, you've seen the movie? I have not. You haven't. I had the chance to when I was on freaking tour. Now, what would have been fire is Queen Latifah. I don't know if you know that she played Ursula in the live. Yes. Uh, Little Mermaid. Uh -huh. She could have been Ursula, but Melissa McCarthy, that's who's the Ursula, right? Mm -hmm, She's mm -hmm. perfect too. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait to see the film. I just, I'm so proud of her. So did both of you know you were going to do acting? Because you did Gronish, you've done uh, Swarm, and then you've been in Praise This with Quavo. And uh, what's the comedian's name? Drewski. Drewski. Yeah, 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 yeah. His ass falling downstairs. Drewski, you a fool. Um, <laughs> did you both know you both wanted to do acting on top of singing? So the crazy thing is that's how we got our start. Like, mm. We loved being in front of the camera when we were little girls and I was three and a half and my first audition, it was for Fighting Temptations, which I got and I played. And I've seen Lily. that movie several times and I need to now go back and watch it because you must have been so little. I was so little. How old were you? I was, I just turned four when we shot that. So wait a minute. So you're in Fighting Temptations, Fighting Temptations. Yep. And then with the Beyonce. Browns. Yeah. Then you're doing all the YouTube song covers yeah. and then you sign with Beyonce. Yeah. That's crazy. Isn't it? I just thought of that. Yep, God's like, ha, ha, ha. I mean, what's for you is for you. Exactly. Okay, so you start off, but but did you know at that age you wanted to truly like pursue acting or were you just trying to figure out a way on? I just love being in front of the camera. I mm -hmm. love the arts. Anything that dealt with the arts, you know, I love dance. I was like in my little ballet class with all the 12-year-olds and I was five. Like, I was killing it. Mm. I was killing it. And so, so in the movie um, Praise This, how would you sum up that movie? Because there was a lot going on. Um, there was, yeah, you were problematic. Sam is very problematic. Yeah. But she got saved. She did. Mm. Praise this. Praise this. Won't he do it? <laughs> <laughs> well, she was about to go and do some whole shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to give it away. You guys got to go watch Praise This. <laughs> I don't know how to sum up what I see and what I watch as a talk show host, if that's even what I am at this point. Uh, I don't have an Emmy, I have a Mandingo, but Hall, Hall of Fame award. Um, yeah, so I'm doing the best that I can. But no, she was problematic, but she, she figured it out. She figured it out, and what I love about that movie is that it shows no matter which way you come, you are accepted, mm. you are loved, 
you are validated, you are worthy, you are good enough. And you're not defined by one stage of your life. No. That we, we're not a monolith and we're not defined by one, mm -mm. one point in our life that we have to be able mm -mm. to grow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, Broadway. I can see Broadway in your life. Mm. I'm looking at the team to see if anybody sees I'm onto something. Would you do Broadway? I would, I absolutely would. I love theater. And it's pretty cool because Girl from North Country, which was a Tony Award winning musical, to be a part of the film adaptation of that, that's gonna be pretty mm -hmm. sick. So I can't wait to shoot that. Mm. That'll be fun. Um, when you were shooting, I wanna go back to something I forgot about Swarm. When you were shooting Swarm, it was yeah. based in Houston. Uh-huh. Everybody knows at this point, like somehow Beyonce was uh, somehow inspired by that. It was almost kind of crazy. Um, was that intentional or was that Danny Glover's writing or was that something to I make us? I think you gotta ask the writers. Okay. Well, I was just Danny, portraying on the Marissa. Show. Yeah. They you did, did a great job time. acting in it. Thank you. I yeah. had a great time. The great ending time. was, there was a lot going on. Y'all gotta go watch Swarm. Now, since people try to hate on you, I got you another gift. Because, you know, you could be on Twitter or Instagram talking about everybody using auto-tune and stuff like that, but you don't be doing that. You know, she, she's a real vocalist over here. <laughs> this thing works. Um, but we got you another gift right there on the side. I grab it. Yes. Pause. I mean, you are sitting next to the Mandingo Hall of Fame Award. I mean, come on. This is the Jason Lee Show. Uh-oh. I'm scared. Wait, you got the nails. We need to find a way to get gifts. Hold on, gifts, hold on, hold on. Let's see. Watch, who... watch me, watch me, watch me, watch me work. Watch me motherfreaking work. work. Oh, hater repellent. Yeah, don't spray it. Don't spray it. <laughs> yes. We, we made, With we, glitter? Yes, we made hater repellent. Because oh, I like this. all you hoes that got something to say, if I can't get to you, she she got this, she could just spray you oh, all the way. Oh, I love this. Yeah, forget the haters. You're amazing. <laughs> Clean up on aisle nine. <laughs> <laughs> right, but now we're about to get to the mess because it's time for the games. <laughs> all right, here at the Jason Lee Show, you know we like to have a lot of fun. We got our games in this game, the first game. Now look, it's, because you're single. Yeah. Uh, private. Uh-huh. Not dating? Mm. Dating-ish? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, we like to play a game called Smash or Pass. You know, some of our guests, well, we, it's pretty obvious. We just have paddles next to you right okay. here. Okay. On one side, there's your paddle right there. On one side, you have Smash. And on the and other pass. side, you have Pass. And I have to say, I yes. can't pass. Oh, yes. Okay. Because if you don't pass, that means you've Probably smashed. Oh. No, it doesn't. I just want to guilt you. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> I be making up shit. Yo, but it's Chloe. I have to say, I'm so happy that she's here because this this girl, I love this girl. Michael B. Jordan. I have to answer. I mean, he does need more love from a black woman. So okay, smash. <laughs> He's hot. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> all right. I want Chloe to come back, so we just go move on. Okay, next. <laughs> Omarion. Now he knows how to dance. He knows how to sing. He has locks. When I was four years old, he was my first celebrity crush. She, so she's giving it a pass. Okay, because she's grown now. It's no shame. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> I feel horrible. No, no, no. His his chest all oily and stuff. We. Love I feel you. horrible. Omarion, we love you. You know. I that. feel awful. Bump, 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 bump to the next person. All right? Takashi. 
I'm so sorry. I feel like a horrible person. Why? No, it's just maybe there's no compatibility. Okay. I mean, you have beautiful skin, you have Thank tattoos. You. You know. Thank you. Okay, next person. Now, y'all do have a song together. Um, you both have good skin. I'll actually, because you did a song with him, I'll let you not say smash or pass. Yeah, like it's giving friendly vibes. Like okay. he's so yeah. amazing. We had the best time on the set. Yeah. yeah. And the video you did almost got like 500,000 views in the first 12 hours or something crazy like that. Period. It's a great video. Since I'm really proud of it. Numbers. Did you love it? <laughs> I did. Yeah. I did. I love that song and I love the video. I love how it turned out. What did you think when they um, didn't allow Chris to perform at the AMAs and him and Sierra were going to kill it for us to watch? Mm, it broke my heart. Mm -hmm. no. He's an artist. He should be allowed to perform. All right, this next person, although we already kind of talked about him, um, my friend at Gossip in the City did post a picture of y'all at lunch, so I might as well just go ahead and ask. But he's, we work together too. So she if I worked work. with Chris, I could pass Chris, I'm going to pass on him. So you, pass. <laughs> he just put it up for the yep. camera. Look, oh. and people go to lunch to talk about marketing. Pass. We love you, Quavo. <laughs> yeah. I don't know the little ad-libs from the, from the group, but whatever. Okay, the next one, we got to show some big boys love. Now this, he working hard. He got uh, my, uh, what? Now he, I work with him too. Praise this. Well, stop working so damn much. You messing up my game. Okay, pass, nigga, damn. Okay. Now you ain't work with the next one and we got to show love to the okay. white community. Bam. Jack. Jack is hot. She didn't put the paddle down, y'all. She ready to get up out of here. Fuck it. I'm not going to do that to you. You got the man. No, no. Smash your pad. It's Jack Harlow. I would love to make a song with him. Yvette. Get out my business, okay? <laughs> All right, cool, fine, whatever. Jack, still got me. <laughs> <laughs> this next game is really simple. It's called Name Drop. Now, this is where I'm gonna drop a celebrity's name. You may or may not know them, but we want the first thing that comes to mind. It could be a story with them or you know something you know about them. And okay. this is the Jason Lee show, so we know okay. you're not going to spill any tea on them, but whatever, we'll try. Okay. okay. First person is a legend, Missy Elliott. Ooh, I love her. We share the same birthday. Really? Yes. July she, 1st? Yes. She is the best human being walking this earth ever. Like her spirit, and I've always been inspired by her mind and her choice of sounds and everything like that, but... Her spirit made me love her that much more if that was possible. You performed, I, I saw you perform, I was at the Black Music Collective for the Grammys. Mm -hmm. Did you get to talk to her? I did, yeah. and I hugged her so tight, and I was fangirling, and I'm so grateful for that moment because that was like the gateway to having her on my album. Wait, did you perform for her there? I did. Oh, that, you performed? Okay. I did. Because I, I, I forgot what you performed because I was so busy looking at your body and your clothes. You had on a <laughs> see-through lace something yeah it was like a sequence kind of thing yes you know very, very i had sexy. the pasties in the bottom so it was like all an illusion yeah yeah it was illusion wait so <laughs> missy so the reason why she was up there crying is because she's a cancer damn cancers okay uh, she has my heart forever and ever and ever and ever no i love her i love her okay this next person you already kind of spoke on Shigurulato. Oh, yes. She a bad bee. Mm -hmm. Oh, she's genuine. Her laugh is great and contagious. And she's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. In that interview where she said, people were saying she looks old. She don't look old to me. No. I don't. I don't, I, and, she's, I don't. she's stunning. Yeah, I love she's her. she's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, she's the first rapper to put me in a song. And I know all of you watching her saying, please stop saying it. This is only to remind <laughs> you to keep putting it in songs. But she's super talented, too. Mm -hmm. Okay. This next person is burning up the uh, internet as well. 
Ice Spice. Oh, yes, Ice Spice. She's another baddie. I love her. And I love her tone. It's like sultry and like, mm. Mm. right? Yeah, no. Over like really hard beats. She says she's creating a new sound and she's doing her yeah. whole thing or whatever. But mm -hmm. I've been, I've been, um, I was, I was late to the Ice Spice party, but now that I'm locked I'm, in. I was not late. Where, well, you're young. Chloe. I was not late. Her I'm, body, her natural beauty, like, yeah. yeah, I love her. And who else doing it with orange hair? The last person Period. I saw doing that was Wendy. And I ain't talking about Williams. I'm talking about the place where you go and get burgers that are not vegan. No, but Wendy wasn't as cute as her. I'm just saying, I like what she's doing. I like her movie. Anyway, I, 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 love, I, I love this girl. <laughs> love you, Ice Spice. All right. This next woman, uh, well, she's phenomenal. Queen Latifah. Oh, yes. You and I, T-Y. That's literally the first thing that comes to my head. Fun fact, Sis and I, we were in this movie called The Last Holiday. We were supposed to play so her nieces. Mm -hmm. And we did like three or four scenes. We got cut out the film, but if you pay attention, you'll see us in a framed photo in the movie. No, I heard you were in the movie, <laughs> and that's why I was. I wanted to put her in the in the. Um, not I got cut out. But that was the like that was <laughs> as young as we were. <laughs> that was when we learned the lesson: let your work speak for you, and don't speak before people see the finished product. Right, because you could have went and did your whole. No, because yeah, you could have did your whole preview party. You yeah, did our family party. was like, oh yeah, they're in this movie with Queen Latifah. Da da da. Mm. We're telling our friends, and we saw. Well, it. technically, you were in. We the movie. were. Period. But that was a very valuable lesson okay. we learned at a young age. Well, yeah. here's another connection you and I have. I was in Living Single, as an extra. I was. Uh, if you go and find it, I mean, I looked very what? much different. That yeah, it was like twenty five years ago. Yeah. Oh. My acting debut. I didn't act after that. Why not? I was a bad extra because I had. Why were you a bad extra? I had entitlement issues. So like. So you wanted to be seen. Oh, you don't understand. I was like, I met Latifah at fifteen. So a fifteen year old from the hood who gets invited to Warner Brothers set, I thought that was Hollywood. So I would walk on set like, yo, this is my show. <laughs> This is my cousin's show, you know, because Dana was like, that's my family. Yeah. And I remember one day, that day I was being an extra, she came and found me at the place where we were all having lunch yeah. with all the extras. So this, the actors never walk in. She walked in and she goes, yo, bring your little ass over here. And she told me, like, this is my job. Stop doing too much. So after that, mm -hmm. I just said, you know, I don't want to act. It's too much pressure. I appreciate her yeah. for that, though, because that's like good lessons to learn. She checked the shit out of me. I yeah, y'all don't know. Great. She walked in as Queen Latifah to this show, but she walked into that lunchroom like set it off. It was, it was, <laughs> I love that yeah. film. I, was just, yeah. I cry every time I watch it. Same. She just said recently in an interview that she doesn't um, allow them to put scenes where she dies in any of her movies because of that. Mm. That's crazy. You shouldn't either, because yeah, well, we don't want to see that. All right, next person, <laughs> Donald Glover. Oh yes. Okay, so even before I worked with him, yeah, I. Always wanted to. Even on one of my vision boards, I had a photo of him. I promised to go. Really? I had a photo of him next to a picture of a script. And it came true. So shout out to him. I love him and his... So you're just a master manifester. His musical intelligence and like how he writes and everything. He's a genius. So I'm grateful to call him a friend. And his fashion. Mm-hmm. Because I saw an interview he did with Breakfast Club years ago where he was explaining how he was fashion forward and they weren't getting it. And then now you look at him like... It's like, oh, I can't okay, yeah, see you. But that goes back to what you were saying. Like, when you know your talent, you know who you are, you don't got to worry about what mm -hmm, people say. Mm -hmm. People will catch up later. Exactly. Okay. Uh, next person. SZA. Oh. So I'm a fangirl of SZA. Mm -hmm. I just think the way she writes, her lyrics, her melody, and even her as a human being, she's just gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And she's never afraid of being real, a real human being. Mm -hmm. And 
even hearing her talk about like her insecurities and things she's been through inspires me too. And I just really love her. She's incredible. Are you, are you friends? Yeah, she's incredible. So sure. we all go to the same gym. Why you don't pull? What do you work? Where you work at? I work out at my home. Really? At my you don't want to go to the gym, like to? No, because I'm listen. The way I like to pull up to the gym, yeah. I like to have like my mismatched leggings and okay, shirt. Okay, no, you can't do that with me. No, we no. Mm-mm. Th- these people wear her men's to the gym. I'd be See, looking like y'all are no. foolish. No. Yeah, I wear nope. box bra, plastic sweats, bright colored bandana. Yeah. You know, mismatched socks. Yeah, we don't allow uh, no. that. Okay. No. But SZA, no. you know, to meet her, she's very, she's an introvert beyond that. Like, mm-hmm. she is very, like, mm-hmm. stay outside my bubble. Mm-hmm. But she's a sweet person. She's so genuine and warm and just, I just love her. I'm so happy she's getting all the flowers that she deserves. Yeah, same. You know? And she's a great performer. All mm-hmm. right, next person. Black China. Black China. She was recently on the show. She's now promoting uh, body positivity and natural Mm -hmm. beauty. I love her. I'm so proud of her. It's really cool to see. It's really cool to see. Okay. Yeah. Next person. There's Joe. Loving hip hop. I love my reality shows. And. But he said you look uncomfortable, sexy, but I don't believe you do. Who said that? He did. Oh, I never heard of that. Really? No. Oh, you're not watching Loving Hip Hop. So it went, whoop, it wasn't that important to me. Okay. <laughs> Next. Michael. I love him. He inspires me so much. And he's just the greatest. Do you study artists that come from that generation? Absolutely. Do you? Absolutely. So if I had to put give you two names to decide who was the best, Michael Jackson or Prince? You can't do that. You can't. Because you can't put them in this. You can't. <laughs> Don't you hate that, though? <laughs> but you, can, you can't put them in the same lane. Like, they're two completely different artists. You know Can what you I mean? break that down as from an artist's perspective, please? Because I've tried to say it as a layman man, <sighs> but I feel like they're both great in their own right. But like, they both had different types of artistry. Prince both- was very left of center and was very comfortable in being that and different. And how Michael performs with his body, Prince would perform with his body as well as his instruments at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you can't compare the two. Mm-hmm. Like they both created insane, an insane catalog and they both inspire me in so much. Like Michael inspires the performer side of me. Prince inspires like the producer musician side of me, mm-hmm. you know? So I love them both. See, so from now on, um, and this is the end of this game, from now on, no other artist can break down Michael Jackson and Prince unless you can have your body do what your body do and your artistry do what your uh, <laughs> guitar and stuff and all that could do. <laughs> yeah. Period. All right. Well, look, that's it. We survived. It wasn't that we, bad, it right? It wasn't. It was fun. No, listen, you can always come back here. Um, I appreciate you, um, you. being intentional. Thank you. I got my gifts. You do, you're going to get the Mandingo Hall of Fame award with your name and stuff on it. Um, <laughs> you can spray the haters away. They, they ain't in this building. But thank you so much for coming and congratulations on everything that you're doing. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And download the album because I'm going to tell y'all right now, although numbers may not matter to us here, this is why labels continue to pour more into white people singing R&B music than black people singing R&B music. I said it. Bye. (laughs)